Onyang Haseo, welcome to Afternoon of Delight, where Leah, Megan, and Amy, three American romance novelists discussing all things K-romance from a writer's lens. We fangirl over our favorite actors and actresses, talk up our trope addictions, and nerd out on K-drama deep dives. We'll throw in a few K-pop and K-skincare recs for good measure, because why not ride the Hallyu wave all the way to shore? So grab some tech bokey and listen to your new favorite unis. Hey, Megan. Hi, Amy. We are missing somebody this week. I feel like this has become like our reprise, like every week. We'll be back together next week. I promise. We did not break up. We're still all together. Leah was on a plane today and with multiple children, so she needs a break. I mean, she has three kids. She's like... Right. All right. Multiple children. They're her children. <laughs> she didn't like take a kindergarten no, class. She didn't. To, like... she didn't. But she was stuck at the airport all night last night and her flight got delayed going to what she likes to call the East Coast, but really is the Midwest, going to Michigan to visit family. So Leah, we're happy that you made it safe to Michigan. We miss you tonight, but we know that you are glad not to be here for this particular podcast. Yes, just like Amy was pretty happy not to be here for last podcast when Leah and I discussed, you know, cannibal murderers tonight we're discussing cats, cats and not the musical not cats, the musical cats although i have seen the musical cats i have not nor do i want to i will put that out there i have no interest in really? the musical cats no so i saw the musical cats when i was like in high school i think high school yeah something like that my mom I come from a whole family of crazy cat ladies. So like it's in my blood. So my mom, my aunt, my cousin, and I all went to New York to see Cats, the musical when it, you know, because it's not on Broadway anymore, right? I, I think not. it recently <laughs> went on. I'm almost positive. Oh, I was like obsessed with it. You don't understand. I had the CDs. I listened to, you know, I, I mean, I had like a sexual awakening over Rum Tum Tugger. Like I. <laughs> okay. This is already going in a direction that it shouldn't be going. I know, but I, so I love cats. So anyway, uh, but yeah, but we're, <laughs> so we're discussing. This is not supposed to get sexual. This is never supposed to. No, 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 it's not. I'm sorry. This is a very chaste drama. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Amy and I are both crazy cat ladies, basically. Yeah, and I'm a little different than you in that I did not, I mean, I grew up with cats, but my mom tolerated them. She never really wanted them. It was my brother and I. And so I think that I am crazy cat lady, like first of her name, mother of kittens, whatever you want to say. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, so I wear the badge proudly and we both do. And I think that tonight's podcast is for all you all out there who wear the crazy cat person badge proudly and no cat shaming tonight. No. And I will say, so I had two cats that I got in 2006. They were brother and sister from the same litter. And my soulmate cat, the female, her name was Simone. She passed away in October. And as soon as we moved, I basically told my husband we're getting kittens. And I think he thought that meant like in the fall. But like we've been in this house for like less than a month. <laughs> and we now already have two kittens. <laughs> so I will tell you, for I did rescue them. They're from a shelter. They were in a foster home when I got them. But yeah, we've had them for a week now. I have kitten scratches like literally right here on my neck to prove. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have them too. And my big male old grandpa cat is actually in the room with me right now just chilling because he's terrified of the kittens, even though he is 10 times the size of them. Seriously, he's 20 pounds. He's a very big cat. And he is terrified of the two pound kitten just scared just runs away it's ludicrous so he's in here with me because he doesn't want to be near the kittens but yeah and amy's got 
a house full of cats too. Like I said, I've been a cat person all my life. And I had two cats that we had adopted back in 2001, I think. And the second of those two passed away in 2017, like a couple weeks before my birthday. And initially my thought process was maybe I shouldn't get any more cats because another lovely thing that has happened to me as I've grown up is that I developed animal allergies that I did not have when I was a kid. So I'm allergic to my cats and I literally take three prescription meds every morning so that I can live with my cats. The dedication. Yes. So my last cat passed away two weeks before my birthday. The kids and I were devastated. And I was like, this always has to be a house with cats. It just does. And so like you, we found somebody who fostered kittens for an animal shelter. And we went over to her house to just meet the herd because she had so many from like different litters and stuff like that. And the kids and I, of course, fell in love. I fell in love with one, my daughter fell in love with another, and my son fell in love with another. And between the three of them, we could not narrow it down to two. And so I got the begging and the pleading and we'll do all the work and we'll change the litter and we'll feed them and we'll play with them. And they held true to one of those. They play with the cats (laughs) all the time. But four years later, I am a three cat owner and a four litter box cleaner. (laughs) And the thing is, I remember, I mean, we knew each other four years ago. And I, and I remember you saying like, we're going to go look at these cats. And then all of a sudden you, you like sent us a picture. You're like, I got three kittens now. We're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's a lot. It's a lot. And I remember because my kids now are 12 and 15. So at the, you know, this was four years ago because we're coming up on their adoptiversary in mid-July. So my kids were not, you know, babies or anything like that. So they helped, you know, they helped me get the house ready. But I baby-proofed my house because these are little teeny kittens like yours. Mm -hmm. Like yours are little teeny. Mm -hmm. They were like 12 weeks old. I baby-proofed my house more for these cats than I did for either of my human children. And I mean, I think that just goes part and parcel with being a crazy cat lady and owning it and loving it. And you know what? I'm an animal lover and I'm always going to be. And that's why I told my allergist, you need to tell me a way that I can live with these animals. Yep. Yep. Because I'm not getting rid of them. Give me the drugs. I I mean, I'd be the same way. I I can't imagine having a, I mean, our house is a little ridiculous because we also have a hamster and a bearded dragon and now three cats. You do have a lot going on there. I've just got the cats. We do. And I also want a fish tank and my husband is like going to kill me, but I don't know. Yeah. The same way. I loved animals. I worked at a pet store actually when I was in high school for, oh my gosh, a while. So it's like all those pets I always wanted for myself. And now that I'm an adult, I'm like, I'm going to get them. And now I'm like, oh my God, they really are a lot of work. A lot of work. So much. A lot of work. But we love them. We love them. We do. And we love you, Sung Ho, who also loves cats. But before we get to talking about him, so just so you all know, you're here for imaginary cat. We are going to talk about the drama. We promise. We do, but we have to, and you can do this along with us here, because if you are listening, we are guessing that you are either a diehard Yu Sung Ho fan or a crazy cat lady or both. We accept all. Or you're none and you're like, why am I listening right now? We'll still be entertaining. <laughs> we'll try. So if you are a crazy cat, lady, gentleman, person, what have you, we have a little quiz that Megan and I are going to take together right now. And you can take it along with us at home and see if you do fit the crazy cat lady stereotype. So I found this. It's not even really a quiz. It's just a list, but we're going to sort of use it as a quiz. And it's called eight cat person stereotypes that are totally true. And this is according to a website called howtoadult.com. I think it's a blog. And so basically, we're just going to go through the criteria here and see 
see if these eight items are actually true. So Megan, you want to read the first one and we can see if that fits either one of us or both? (laughs) Yeah. So number one, you're totally okay with everyone living their life on their own terms. So just like cats come and go as they please and don't need our attention, though often appreciate, cat owners are similar. They don't need to be needed and appreciate a sense of independence. Yeah, 100%. I mean, (laughs) yeah, that's me. (laughs) Look, the pandemic was hard. I mean, it still is. We're not totally through it. The pandemic was hard and being isolated was definitely hard. And I do need to have human contact to have, you know, emotional well-being. But I will say that I did enjoy a lot of me time. And that is something that I always need. And I can survive for a while without talking to anybody else, you know, and be okay with that. But again, like cats, I do appreciate having that human interaction when I do crave it, but it's not all the time. Yeah. I mean, I would say, you know, you said the words that I would say that is exactly me. I really do love, you know, people, obviously I have friends, like, but I am pretty fiercely independent. Like my husband and I both are, and it's probably why we get along because we really can kind of like operate on our own kind of within the same house because yeah, I need my me time. I need like my face mask time. You know, I mean, my skincare face mask time, you know, (laughs) like sit in bed or like an N95 mask. I don't sit in bed with that, but you know, (laughs) so yeah, I mean, that's me. So let's check out number two. You've got an open mind. In a 2010 study published in the journal AnthroZoos, researchers surveyed more than 4,000 pet owners and scored them on five personality traits, extroversion, agreeableness, conscientiousness, neuroticism, and openness. They found that self-identified cat people tended to score higher than dog owners when it came to openness. Researchers correlate this to greater intellectual curiosity and artistic creativity. I feel like that's given me more credit than like, <laughs> like that, that, make, that makes me I know, sound right? great. I kind of like this. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sorry for all you dog owners who are haters on cat lovers. We're open and creative. So yeah, I mean, I don't, I think that fits us. I think you and I are both pretty open-minded. I mean, we write romance. I like to think I am. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we write romance with our names on the book. So <laughs> we do. Oh, I like this one. Number three, you think cats are your equals. Cat people respect cats and can't bear to think of these intelligent creatures out on the streets without a home. They are a compassionate crew, often making special effort to rescue or rehabilitate homeless cats. And no matter how your cats arrived home, once they're in, they're part of the family. That's, I like my cats better than a lot of people. So clearly- I do too. I think my cats are, you know, I, I get it. I, sometimes when I go over to someone's house and they have a dog and their dog's like on the couch. So sometimes I think, oh, why are their dogs on the couch? But then I'm like, no, because I let my cats on the couch and I would 100% say it's their couch. Like they live here. It's them. I'm not making them get off the couch. You know, I know I should be nice to like my guests. But- right. I mean, my, I don't know if I should say this on the pod. My cats walk all over my kitchen counter. Oh, well, I mean, like. When they were kittens, they were too small to get up there. And so I I didn't think it was an issue because my previous cats before that, my adult cats, never did that. So I never even thought about it. And one of them was the first to do it. And then the other two like followed suit. They're like, oh, we can do this. I wipe down my counter, folks. I don't like put food on my counter after my cat's been walking all over it. I wipe it down all the time. But I can't stop it. I have one cat who, if I turn on the kitchen sink, he's on the counter because he wants to drink out of the sink. You know, cats love sink water, like dripping sinks, but this one only loves the kitchen sink and I don't know how to stop them. I knock them down, but yeah. So yeah, my cats, I mean, not only do I think of them as my equals, I think that they rule the house. I do not. Same, same. That's the way my other cats were. And like, it was kind of a thing like when before my, my other cat died and she would, she'd like to sleep on me and it would be like, 
it was funny because my kids would even come down the stairs. They're like, mommy, can you? And then they come down, they see Simone like laying on me and they're like, ah, oh, Simone's on you. Like, they know I'm not going to get up. Like, I, <laughs> I will absolutely not get up. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I and my kids were all the same way. So if we're all three sitting watching TV and somebody needs like something like needs their water bottle refilled or something, usually it's somebody who has a cat on them that says, mom, can you get me water? I can't get up because, you know, carps uh-huh. in my lap. And I'm like, yeah, I get uh-huh. it. All right, I'll right? Get you water. I, <laughs> but I do the same thing. I'll be like, I really need, you know, I need a napkin. I can't get up though. You need to go get it for me because <laughs> somebody's sleeping on my chest. Like I know that cat has slept like 10 hours already today, but do nope. not wake them up. Do not wake them up. Nope. So moving on to number four, you are introverted and sensitive. By nature, cats don't need to be friends with everybody. And the same can be said of their owners. While introverts can be perfectly comfortable hanging around other people, they need solitude to relax and recharge. What do you think? I mean, so if I take like a Myers-Briggs personality test, I am an extrovert. But I would say that I definitely need my alone time to recharge. Like I think you had said you consider yourself an extroverted introvert or an introverted extrovert. An extroverted introvert. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say like I'm similar uh, because I you know, I think of like when I go to like book signings or something and, you know, book signings can last six hours sometimes. I mean, those are a long, super draining. Yeah. Oh my God. They're super draining. And because you have to be on, I mean, you're meeting readers, you can't look like you're exhausted, even though you are. And because, you know, half the time they're paying to be there. Like, you know what I mean? You got to be on. And so I sometimes after the signing, like I literally just need to go to wherever, like my hotel room or whatever, and just sit there in the bed, so usually I have my makeup on too. So I'm just like, I'm sitting like a mummy, you know, but I just, I need that alone time or I can't do anything that night. Absolutely. Whenever we did signings, I, I say did as if it doesn't happen anymore because of COVID. Well, it hasn't. Yeah. I know it'll happen again. But when we did big signings like that, I would always get anxious if we had to go like right out to eat afterwards and I didn't get downtime. Yeah. So I actually had to do a Myers-Briggs for a grad class once and I came out as an ENFJ. So E is extroverted, but- my E score was so towards the middle that I could have very easily, had I answered like two other questions a different way, I could have been an I. So that's why I think truly I am because I do need my downtime to recharge. And I also need to warm up to people before I get, you know, mm-hmm. super talky and stuff like that. So I do think that I am an extroverted introvert because once I'm with a group of people or at a book signing, say whatever, like I am all about just talky talk talk all the time and you know mingling and and being with people but yeah then i need to be alone yeah because extroverts recharge by being in groups and introverts recharge by Mm -hmm. being alone so i think that's sort of the biggest difference like an introvert doesn't necessarily mean that you're Mm -hmm. antisocial it just means that you re-energize in a different way so yeah i definitely consider myself an extroverted introvert yeah i'm actually an enfp and my extroverted percentage was 77 percent. it's still in my email so i like can see it and i've said this on the podcast numerous times but i'm a pisces And I am a pretty like textbook Pisces and I am extremely sensitive. So that is me to a T. And I do think that I'm sensitive too, but we've talked about, and this will come up actually later in a question that we have later. I'm sensitive, but I'm not open about my sensitivity, I guess you could say. Like you wouldn't know because I'm pretty stoic, I guess. Yeah. You keep it close to your vest. Yeah, I do. Right. I think you feel things very deeply. You just don't. Right. You just don't know. (laughs) Yeah, you keep it more close to your vest, which still, I mean, yeah, it still means you're sensitive. It's just I could be feeling deeply right now. You don't know. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, it, whatever I'm feeling, everyone knows. Like it's written all over my face, my body language. I'm, you know, that's just me. Okay, so number five, you lean to the left, politically speaking. Take this one with a grain of salt, conservative cat lovers. Data collected from a 2014 quiz from time.com shows a correlation between self-reported liberal political leanings and preferring cats to dogs. So while it's absolutely possible to be a conservative cat owner or a liberal dog owner, odds are if you're a liberal, you also love cats. That is so funny <laughs> to me. I mean, I don't have like evidence to back it up, but it's true. Us, it's true. <laughs> 100% true on this podcast. Thank you. Listen to this podcast and you know we pretty much... Although I would say this, Leah's not here to defend herself. Yeah. Leah has a dog. I don't know if I would call her a dog lover. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't really call Leah necessarily like an animal lover. But well, I will say with Leah, so her husband is a biologist and his like, right? He's a bird conservationist. Right. A bird cons- That's You're right. So I was going to say, I know his specialty is like birds. And so he hates cats because he i hope i'm saying this right and leah can correct us next time because a lot of stray cats can attack or kill the birds that he's studying and it's i think it's like happened or whatever so he hates cats right isn't that the reason but i think and we'll have to get like like you said we'll have to get confirmation from leah but i think the birds that he helps conserve are not they're not like native to the U.S. like birds. Like he goes on a lot of trips, like, you know, places like the Galapagos and, you know, stuff like that. And so I think it's places where cats are more rodents than they are pets, you know? And again, Leah can correct us on this, but I still, yes, I still think that you are right that he does not like cats, but he also doesn't see cats as pets like we do. Correct. Correct. He just, and, and, and that's fair. That's fair. He sees I mean, them as a nuisance. Yeah. Totally fair. And if people would spay and neuter their cats properly, this wouldn't be a problem. Right. A responsible cat owner. So anyway, yes. I mean, I think we all know on this podcast, we lean left politically. And I mean, maybe that goes into like the open-minded bit, you know? Yeah. I mean, two out of three podcasters on this podcast are cat mm-hmm. lovers mm-hmm. and liberals. So <laughs> you never leave the house without lint rolling first. <laughs> oh my God. Your grooming may be impeccable, but you always double check your clothes for stray hairs before leaving the house. Or if you've had cats for a while, you've learned that it can be easier to just coordinate the colors of your wardrobe to your cat's fur so it isn't as noticeable. I mean, truer words have never been spoken. I know. And I have black and white cats, which is the worst because no matter what I wear, you either see the white hair or the black hair, you know? Yeah. Two of mine are gray and one is a tortie. So she's mostly dark colored, but it's her white undercoat that sheds the most. So yeah, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. And I will pull stuff out of the dryer in the laundry room and it already has cat hair on it or still has cat hair on it. Like I need, if anybody out there knows of like some magical dryer sheets that will take away all of the pet fur or magical dryer something. I don't know if it's like those, you know, little wool balls that you put in there, which are better for the environment. Like I know how to be good to my environment people i'm just looking for anything here that will take the cat hair off of my clothes after they've already been washed so i had an internship in college at a very small newspaper i don't even know if it's still in existence i'm gonna say probably not and there was one reporter there who would show up every day completely covered in cat hair like i'm not exaggerating Like, I honestly am not. It would be like a layer on, you know, like a button down shirt. And it would be like a layer. And it was, (laughs) I mean, I kind of like felt for the guy. Like, you know, I'm sure he like loved his cats, but that can't. It also becomes like an issue for people in the office that have allergies. So they actually had to like say something to him. They're like, you have to lint roll your clothes. Like you can't come in covered in cat hair. 
<laughs> and so every time I cat hair on clothes, I think of that guy. I hope he's doing okay. I hope he... <laughs> You're grateful for your cat's attention. Several studies published in the journal Anthrozoos have found that cat owners often rely on their pets for emotional support and in some cases even replace people in their social networks. Perhaps this is because cat owners see their relationship as a twinship, meaning cats understand and experience similar emotional states to their owners, according to a 2007 study from Tuskegee University. Therefore, you appreciate it when your cat takes time out of his busy cleaning, napping, eating schedule to listen thoughtfully to your problems and soothe your jangled nerves with deep rhythmic purring. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I have, I mean, I have friends, I do, but like none of them comfort me like a cat on my chest does. <laughs> yeah. I always said to, especially my cat that passed, she would know when I was sick. And so one year the norovirus took out like our whole family and that like is horrible. And <laughs> I was very ill for like three days and she did not leave my bed with me. And that's never like, she would never do that. Like I think cats know when you're sick. They do. They know when you're sick. They know when you're sad. Like they know, they also know like when to like kind of back off. Like mm -hmm. our air conditioner died a couple of weeks ago and I had to get a new air conditioner and furnace. But long story short is we had a really hot weekend where we had no air. And I was just like a gross sweaty mess in my house and I could not have a cat sitting on me. Like, even if I was naked, I would still be too hot with a cat sitting on me. And my one cat, his name's Walleye, and Walleye is my cat. Like he only lays on me and he's creeping over on the arm of the couch and he just kind of looks at me and I'm like, no. not now, buddy. No. Not now. And he went and curled up. He went and curled up <laughs> on the corner of the adjacent couch. Like he knew, Aww. like she's too hot. <laughs> they do. They know. I swear. They're so smart. And finally, last on our list here, number eight, people give you cat stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. You know how the typical crazy cat ladies decor equals cats on cats on cats? If you're a cat person, you're about two birthdays away from that. Crazy cat people have cat paraphernalia, mugs, cat signs, cat clocks, cat dish towels all over their houses, says retired veterinarian Somer Perry. And a lot of it has probably been gifted to you, which can have a snowball effect over the years. But maybe, just maybe, some of it you bought yourself. So wear the label with pride, cat lovers. The collection of cat clocks you found on Etsy and the cat condos that now resemble cat villages are what make you unique. Anyone that tells you differently is just a hater and haters gonna hate. So right next to my desk is a <laughs> framed cross stitch that my best friend made for me. And it's a cat with its middle fingers up. That is right here. And did I just buy a vintage antique pink marble cat statue from Etsy recently? Oh, I did. I did. And it's right there on my bookcase. Yeah, I have cat stuff everywhere. I'm drinking out of a water mug with cats all over it. I have numerous cat mugs. I have a cat poetry book that somebody bought me. I have two kitty condos or kitty trees, one in my living room and one in my basement because it got pretty shredded, but the cats still love it. So I'm like, we'll put that one out of sight and put the nicer looking one in the living room. Yeah. Cat stuff everywhere and proud of it. Proud of it. Yep. That's I have a lot of socks with cats on them. People buy me cat socks and I'm like, keep it coming. Yeah. At a book signing, I had a reader give me temporary cat tattoos. This whole <laughs> booklet of cat tattoos, which my daughter got a hold of. Didn't I, did I ever send you that picture? She, yes. She had them all over herself. Remember she had them on her forehead? Yes. She looked like Post Malone. <laughs> she did. Post Malone with cat tattoos. <laughs> oh my anyway, God, she did. Yeah. 
so clearly, yeah, that is the most accurate thing ever. So before we get into it, a few friendly reminders. Make sure to subscribe wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. And while you're at it, leave us a review and tell us something you liked about the show. We aren't here to just talk to ourselves, so we want to make sure we're giving you the content you enjoy. Also, follow us on Instagram at Afternoon of Delight Podcast for all the show ratings that don't make it on the pod, book recs, behind the scenes fun, and generally shameless fangirling. And if you want to message us about anything you heard on the show, email us at Afternoon of Delight Podcast at gmail.com. All right, folks. So I think we've proved that we are crazy cat ladies because we went on for about 20 minutes there about being cat owners. But you know what? You know what? I'm not even going to say cat owners. I'm going to say cat families. Because mm-hmm. I don't own I don't own my fur babies. I'm pretty sure they own me. Same. And another fur baby lover is Yoo Sung Ho. And we are here to talk about his K-drama, Imaginary Cat. So here is a quick little spoiler-free intro on Imaginary Cat. Hyun Jong Hyun, played by our lovely from I Am Not a Robot, Yoo Sung Ho, is a part-timer at a bookstore, but spends his off hours toiling away at his drafting table, hoping to land a contract with a publisher as a webtoonist. However, he's got some emotional baggage, tragically losing his first love when he was a teen, that is adding a tinge of darkness to his stories where his potential publisher wants something light. On top of that, his webtoon career should have taken off years ago, but a less talented quote-unquote friend, stole Jong Hyun's idea and became the next big thing instead. Now Jong Hyun keeps his heart safe by loving no one other than his cat, Buck Gil, who he rescued as a kitten, and his best friend, Yuk Hae Gong, played by the always fun Kim Min Suk. But fate has much more in store for our feline-loving friend when a straight cat-loving girl, Oh Na Woo, played by Cho Hai Jung, falls into his life. Nawu takes an awfully quick liking to Buck Gil, Jong Hyun's cat, and soon the owner as well. But even when it comes to a drama centering on a very plump and very well-behaved orange tabby, fate has some tricks up her sleeve. But the biggest trick of all is not only how Yoo Sung Ho acted his ass off when most of his screen time was with Buck Gil, but also with how much this drama hit us right in the feels. So I kind of feel, you know, a kinship to Yoo Sung Ho because he is also a cat lover. According to an article on kpopmap.com, Yu Sung Ho, after completing his mandatory military service, said that he missed his parents and cats the most. Like, come on. I could totally, I can totally <laughs> I know. relate. His love for cats is one of the main reasons he decided on Imaginary Cat as his first role after getting discharged from his military service. He's been acting since he was a child, so he's pretty well known in South Korea. His Instagram is full of pictures of him with his cats, which I appreciate as someone who also posts way too much cat content and kitten content on my own Instagram. So speaking of being cat owners, Megan, how do you think they caught that cat to act so well. We both have tried to like find some research on this. And I mean, would your cats behave like this cat did on this drama? I mean, no. And that's I, honestly, when I was watching this drama, I was like, how are they getting this cat to do anything? Because same, I tried to like do some research, like what, you know, what's the deal with this cat? I mean, it's not the first cat to ever star in a show or whatever movie, but it's not common. And this cat was just like a regular old domestic house cat. Like, I don't think it was anything, you know, I at least I, I don't think so. But I mean, my cats don't do anything. They have completely selective hearing. And, you know, what I found interesting was as a cat person, I think I'm very good at kind of 
detect, I mean, cats give very visible signs of how they're feeling. And there were a few times when I was watching the drama that I felt like Bok Gil, the cat, was a little irritated the way his like tail was moving or her, I don't know. I mean, it was a she right, we don't know in the drama, sure. but I don't know what the cat really was. But the way her tail was moving was a little irritated, but she didn't react. I mean, she didn't, you know, like hiss or swap at him or anything like that. And so it made me wonder if like, some of the scenes where she would like ignore him or walk away, like I almost wonder if some of that was improv because I don't see how you could. I mean, he filmed a lot of scenes with his cat and I'm talking like, yeah, the cat had a ton of screen time. <laughs> like, I think the cat should. First of all, like I forgot to give like top billing to the cat because the cat actually spoke like we heard the cat's voice. So I have to give credit to Hanye Ri as Buck Gill's voice because she did an awesome job. It was really cute. giving us Buck Gill's inner thoughts. Yeah, it was all inner thoughts. Yeah, this cat had more screen time than than I think the people. Well, she definitely had more screen time than the best friend. And I'm pretty sure she had more screen time than the love interest for sure. Yeah, <laughs> it was amazing. And I will second that my cats are basically a-holes that do whatever the F they want, whenever the F they want, which usually includes tearing up the carpet outside my bedroom door if I don't wake up early enough to feed them or barfing up the food they ate too quickly right in the middle of the living room. So whoever the cat is that played Buck Gill, like, slow clap for you and your trainer because I was very impressed. Right? I mean, when he would, like, I loved how he played with his cat. Like, when he picked up the cat and pretended like a machine gun, I mean, there's no way that cat enjoyed that. Like, I don't know any cat that would like to, like, make that, like, jerking motion. I don't know. Maybe. I Like, I dance my cats around, too, and they, yeah. I mean, they just scratch and bite me, which they're like, we don't like this. I'm like, I know, but yeah. it's fun for me. But I also... <laughs> But deal, I feed you. <laughs> but I also kind of wonder, because Yu Sung-ho is a cat lover, there was no way he was being like a diva, you know, with the cat. Yeah, so I, yeah. I'm thinking that he was loving on this cat big time and that hopefully this cat had almost as much fun making this drama as Yu Sung-ho did. I, they, I mean, they cuddled. It was, it was crazy to me. It was crazy. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm super impressed, not only with the cat's behavior, but also with, I mean, we thought this was going to be just like a silly, fluffy drama. And here mm -hmm. is Yu Sung-ho, who we know is a fabulous actor because I'm Not a Robot is one of all three of our favorites. And so he's already up there, like on the top of our list as being a fantastic actor. But he was a fantastic actor with just a cat in the room it was with him. crazy. It was crazy how much chemistry he had with this cat. Like he, <laughs> he had did. an immense amount of chemistry with a cat. Like how? That just, like I, I bought it. I shipped it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I loved him and I'm not a robot. And then I was like, well, now I even I respect you even more because you had chemistry with a cat. A freaking cat. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And now it's time for our favorite segment of the week. It's our K recommendation. And today we have merch with Amy. So I'm going the way of food again. I think last time I talked about Max and coffee. And today I'm going to talk to you all about Universal Yums. So this is not anything particularly Korean, but Universal Yums, and you can find it at universalyums.com, is a subscription box. And my kids and I started doing this as a fun way to sort of quote unquote travel during the pandemic. And we're keeping it up now because it's just so fun. So Universal Yums is basically a subscription box where every month you get a box with a bunch of treats from a different country. And you don't know what the country is going to be before the box comes. And so it's super exciting to open the box and see what country you got and then taste all of the yummy yums that are in the box. And I decided to do Universal Yums this week because, although when you hear this, it'll be a couple weeks past, but the most recent Universal Yums box that both I and Leah got and everybody who got it this month is South Korea. And so it was all sorts of candy and treats from South Korea. And it was so super fun. And the funniest part about it is when I opened my box, 
and you know dramatic gasp because my kids are like oh my gosh mom loser <laughs> shit it's loser shit it's south korea and my son right away wanted to rip open because there's a bag of like these strawberry gummies and he loves gummies and he's about to rip them open and my daughter's like no 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 wait she has to photograph it for instagram first <laughs> Oh. And I'm like, oh, you guys know me so well. That's so sweet. But anyway, it's super fun. And I highly recommend not only to just expose yourself to lots of tasty treats from around the world, but a great way to sort of travel when we are still kind of not having the easiest time leaving our homes. And so that is universalyums.com for some tasty treats. You missed the Korea box, but guess what? There's lots more yums coming. And while we're plugging other people's products, how about a shameless plug for our merch? That's right. Afternoon of Delight now has merch on redbubble.com. Just head on over and type in Afternoon of pod all one word to find our shop want a hoodie with our logo you got it how about a pillow that says my other pillow is kim soo hyun's lips got that too and we're constantly coming up with new weird and wacky stuff we say on the show that we think you need on a mug so check back now and then for new merch as our podcast grows again that's redbubble.com then search afternoon a pod all one word and merch it on up so let's get into the kibbles and bits of the drama (laughs) From here on out, spoilers may abound, so beware. What were you expecting when you started watching Imaginary Cat, and how did it live up to your expectations? I just want to throw out really quickly that anybody, if you haven't watched this drama and you want to, it is eight episodes, and each episode is like 37 minutes long. Like, actually, each episode is split into two, like, 17-minute episodes, so you can watch this. I mean, I watched it in a weekend. So if you want to join us on our cat-loving journey, please, please watch Imaginary Cat. Yeah, but I expected fluff, and I got a heck of a lot more than fluff. You know, I thought this was going to be directed at a cat-loving audience only, and instead found something deeply emotional that had me shedding quite a few tears. When Yoo Sung-ho was alone with Bok Gil, those scenes resonated with me so much. I've had cats all my life, like I talked about earlier, and it doesn't matter my age, I've always confided in my pets like he does with his. Like, I talk to them. I know it might sound a bit crazy, but it's true. We've talked in previous pods about how the three of us emote. Actually, it came up, I think, even earlier today. And I'm the odd girl out who is very private with her emotions and is not good with showing how I feel to others. But when it's just me and my fur balls, I can let it all out. One of my three cats is basically my cat. He follows me around, will only snuggle on my chest, and gives me that unconditional love and emotional safety net. And I think it's so true of many people who have pets, but especially with cats, because they don't dole out their love easily, you know that when they do, that it's the real deal. Are they also a-holes a lot of the time? Yep, absolutely. But I love my little a-holes nonetheless. (laughs) Yeah, so I mean, same. I was expecting kind of like a light and like silly drama and ended up finding, you know, something with a whole lot of meaning. There was a lot to think about regarding how humans interact with each other and why it's sometimes easier to interact with a pet or talk to a pet or emote with a pet. So Jong Hyun mentions that because he can't talk to his cat, he has to interpret how his cat feels by watching her eyes and her body language. And his love interest mentions that humans do the same thing. And I would say to me, that's why it is easier to interact with my cats because there are no words or I guess lies that kind of counteract the body language when it comes to cats like sometimes conversations with humans they say one thing but their body language or eyes might be saying another but it's also simple with animals you know if they're mad or uncomfortable it's easy to see right away like I know if my cat's irritated immediately by looking at her face like it's you know it's like and I think that's why I love it so much and I feel like we can understand each other Yeah. And I feel like that's why this drama just kind of hit us both in a way that we weren't expecting because it wasn't just like 
Yeah, it's a guy and a cat on the screen, but it was like, it was a guy truly connecting with a cat, with a cat who isn't his, I'm guessing, right? The same way that we connect with our pets and it rang true. And I think that if you are a cat person, you would have known if there wasn't chemistry between Yu Sung Ho and this cat, but there was. Yeah, totally. I'm still amazed at that. So what did you think about the romance? Also, how about the fate aspect of Bok Gil being Na Wu's long lost cat, Haru? So- this was something that it didn't really surprise me. Like it was something I was thinking the whole time through. But I will say, even knowing that it was going to be her cat, one of my favorite tropes in K-drama is faded mates. And I loved that the cat is what played the part in the fate that brought Jong Hyun and Nawoo together. Did I feel a ton of chemistry between the hero and the heroine? Honestly, I didn't. Not as much as Jong Hyun had with Buck Hill. Yeah. But, <laughs> but they both loved Buck Hill so much who ends up being Nawu's cat, Haru, who she lost seven years ago. And so I love that the cat brought them together and that it also was the conflict in their relationship too, right? She finally found her cat that she's been looking for for seven years. And now here's this guy who she likes and he has the cat. And her first reaction is, I want my cat back. And in the end, they both just wanted what was best for Buck Gill. And that is really what resonated with me emotionally. Not the actual romance itself, but the way that they, that they put the cat first. Yeah, I mean, it was like a child. It was the same thing. I mean, it really did. It almost felt like a K- typical kind of K-drama, like losing a child and someone else raising it. And it, But but it was At least cat. someone raised it. At least someone yeah. raised the cat. The cat did not like live on the streets, do its own taxes, like. For seven years. Who raised Bakil? Okay, we know. Who raised, who raised Bakil? Gia, we um, don't know. Bakil, yeah. we know. I mean, I love that, too, because it really was. It was like, that's one of the things I really loved about this drama was like, it was all about the cat. I mean, it truly, like, just so you know, the drama is about the cat. If you don't get it from the title, we don't know why it's... We don't understand the title. Yeah, nothing's imaginary. And the cat doesn't actually speak. All you do, there's like inner monologue Yes. That's voiced, as we mentioned, but it's not like the cat's actually speaking to him or anything like hokey, but it's like, it's about the cat. Truly, to me, the drama is about love for cats. That's yes. that's what it is. Which is why I didn't mind that, like, I didn't feel a ton of chemistry between, you know, the male lead and the female lead. That didn't bother me because I was in it for the cat. And so were they. I was too. And then, yeah, and that's kind of what I did love that. It was always all about the cat. I mean, at one point he like lost Spock Gill and they both, I mean, were frantically searching the streets, like both of them crying, trying to find this cat and like... My cousin actually just recently, her cat got out and we couldn't find her. I went over to help her. I mean, it was like all hands on deck, her friends, everyone was out there trying to find this cat. Luckily, the cat was found under like a neighbor's shed. But my point is like, we were a family of cat lovers. She's the one I saw cats with in New York. So yeah, we're all hands on deck trying to find this lost cat. We're putting up flyers. Oh, I did that. I lost a cat. The one cat who passed away four years ago, when we first adopted those two cats, It was literally a week into the adoption, and I didn't know until the next morning, but she had gotten out when a pizza was delivered. I must have grabbed the pizza box, and she must have ran under, and I didn't see. And I didn't realize till the next day that she was gone. And this was my first year teaching, so I was a first-year teacher, and I called into work with a lost cat. 
And my department chair at the time was super understanding. And we put up flyers all over the neighborhood. And that is how we got her back is we had somebody who found her. It was not quite warm outside, but it wasn't cold. And I guess she had crawled under somebody had like one of those big tents over their grill in their backyard. Mm, okay. And she had gone inside the grill tent. Oh they found her in there. And so we got her back and I never ordered pizza again. I'm kidding. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you found her. And I, I will say my cousin's also a teacher and took a half day to go find her cat. Yeah. So, I mean, we take our lost cats seriously, okay? We take cat companionship seriously. I keep going to say ownership, but I'm not going to say ownership because it's more than owning. It's a relationship. It is. Let's discuss the ending, aka Buck Gill's death. Did you cry? Did you see it coming? So, I will say I saw it coming. As soon as Jong Hyun mentioned that Buck Gill was getting up there in age and that he was kind of bracing for her end, I was like, oh no, this drama is going to do it. It's going to do it. It's going to break my heart. And the cat died. And I like, I like, I knew it was coming. And I sobbed. When I tell you, I sobbed so hard. I was literally like sitting on my toilet. I mean, the, the lid was closed. I don't want you, but I, but I like, I didn't like want anyone to see me. So I like went to my bathroom and I shut the door and I just like cried on the toilet. So part of it was, so I, I mentioned my cat Simone died in October and it was extremely sudden as in she was perfectly fine, like perfectly fine. And we left to like run an errand or something. It took us two hours and we got back and she was dead. I mean, it was horrible. Like I cannot even tell you how I like fell on my hands and knees sobbing. I fully believe that cat was my soulmate. You know, I talked to a lot of cat people and it just happens. She probably had a heart attack or a stroke. Like it's, it is what it is that it happens, but it's like, I never got to say bye. And I don't know to this day, like it would have been better to say bye. But when I watched this drama, that all came to the surface because Jong Hyun knew Bak Il was dying. Like he was able to spend this kind of like last night with her. And oh my God, the last night. I lost it. That last night. That's what I'm saying. If you're not a cat lover, you would not get this. Because the last night, he like sets up like a tent for her and they spend this like wonderful time together. He puts starlights on the ceiling of the yes. tent. So it looks like it's a starry like, night. It's the best date. It is. I want that date. With my cat, actually. And it was beautiful. And he like, and again, he knew she was dying and he was doing it because he was, it was like their time to say bye. And then when he woke up, the actual death of Bakil is how I knew that this was written by someone who knows cats because the cat, it's not like, like I was like, if he wakes up and that cat is dead beside <laughs> yeah. him, I am going to, Same. like, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to fucking riot. Okay. But like, thank God they didn't show like a dead cat no, body or anything, but the cat had retreated to like a corner, a dark corner of his closet to die. And that's where he found her the next morning. And that is the most realistic. If your cat is sick. That's what they do. That is what they will do. They will go and essentially die alone. And if they're sick, actually, that's what they do. They like retreat because yep. I think it's like their instincts. They know they're vulnerable. So they hide from like predators. But anyway, that's how I knew that this drama was clearly meant for cat. And I maybe that's why I wasn't like mad at the drama for killing the cat because it felt it was true to the story. It was true to the story. Yes. And I mean, and we can talk about that too, because a big part of it was, you know, he heavily relied on Bach Gill emotionally. Like he was very stunted, I guess I would say emotionally from the sudden loss of his first love. And he hadn't like been willing to even really make other friends. He had like one friend. And so he really relied so heavily on Bakil that her death made sense because he kind of needed to move on. He really did. And I'm sure he'll get another cat, but he won't so heavily rely emotionally on it. Because I think he did it like you and I, I think 
react to their cats in a healthy way. I think how I think that was a little unhealthy in that he sort of like used his cat as a crutch. Right. That's all he had. That's all he had for emotional support was his cat. And then when he was starting to learn to let other people in and, you know, the romance with Nawu started and stuff like that. And he was, you know, doing well with the webtoon and being able to write stuff because his, his webtoon ended up being about a guy and his cat, which is perfect. Yeah. So I, I think it was really well done. It was funny because I watched the drama about a week before Megan and I finished it and Leah was not going to watch this ever, ever, ever. So I'm like, I need to, I texted her as soon as it ended and I'm like, holy shit, the cat died. Do you think I should warn Megan? Because I knew you had just lost your cat mm-hmm. six months ago. And I'm like, do you think I should warn Megan? But I don't want to spoil it for her. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to say anything. I had like, I had to like reason it out and stuff like that. Because I'm like, it fits the story. It's not going to be a shock. Like, you'll know it's coming. They do lead up to it really well. Mm-hmm. I do have to say though, Jung Hyun had an option. She had some sort of disease that was basically had to do with her. It was something with like her blood flow in her bones and stuff like that. And the vet said, well, she might have a chance of surviving if you amputate all of her legs. (laughs) (laughs) I want to talk to my vet and find out if that's a thing. She was on the steel (laughs) operating table, the surgical steel (laughs) operating table, like IV ready to go. And he's like, wait, no, I don't want to put her through this. That was like, maybe she won't survive the surgery. And I'm like, thank you. Thank you, K-drama gods, for not giving us a legless cat at the end of this drama. I know. Look, you know what? We're going to talk about cats in our books in a little bit. And I have a three-legged cat that I have in one of my books. And I'm like, I love all cats. But to do that to this cat, I think, would have been such a disservice to letting this poor cat die with dignity. Amputate all his legs. I honestly, when I got to that, I'm sorry, I can't stop laughing. It's terrible, but part, it's so funny. Well, I had to rewind it. I thought I, I thought I, I was like, I miss, I misheard that. Because <laughs> what vet suggests that? Like, how is that even like an option to amputate all its, all oh my God, for a cat? And I'm not saying I'm not comparing this to humans because humans we have a lot we have a lot more agency. Cats yes. do not. This like he would have had to carry he would have to carry Bachel yeah. around. He would he, like hold Bachel over the litter box. Like this is terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. I can't stop laughing. Like I just want to reiterate, I'm not comparing this to quality of life for humans because we have a lot of different opportunities as humans to live with disabilities. It's not comparable to humans. And they didn't even know if the cat would survive. Exactly. Oh, my God. I admit that was a little crazy. But thank God, you know, Jong Hyun's like, no, I don't want to do that. I will, you know, bring the cat home. Thank God. And have a starry night date with it. And- you know, bring it back to when I first started watching the drama, I didn't expect a tragic ending. But as it got closer to it, like the more I saw it delve into what I think is one of the biggest paradoxes of what it means to be a pet lover, which is knowing that you'll outlive your pet and eventually lose it. I knew it had to happen. Right. The cat was going to die sometime. I mean, if it died on screen, yes. the cat was going to die sometime. So it was only realistic to have it happen in the drama and to have them have that lovely last night together. I just, I thought it was so wonderful. I really did. I did too. As a cat lover, I did. And I cried. I cried. Yeah. I mean, I, I texted Leah. I'm like, oh my God, I'm fucking crying. I know. Over a I, cat drama. Over this a- was not supposed to happen. <laughs> I mean, so the big question is, would a non-cat lover like this drama? Nope. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I'm going to say no. If you do not like cats, I don't even know how you would be able to take this drama seriously. Because it's all about being completely devoted 
to your cat. It truly is. Like, I didn't think that that's the way it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a romance with a little cat on the side. It was all cat. It was all cat. <laughs> all the feline. did not matter all, at all. all Right. And it was it was about the main character's like emotional journey, a kind of emotional maturity, I would say, because yeah. he did. He was kind of growing up a little bit. The whole time I was watching this, that was my first thought. I was like, if you don't like cats, there is no way you would enjoy this. No. And even when Nawu like came to terms with the fact that that was Haru and Haru was happy as Bakil now, she's like, you know what? I am happy knowing that she's happy with you. And I'm not going to try and take her away from you. I just want to be able to be in her life. Right. Exactly. She basically had like custody time with this cat she would come over and play with the cat they like shared custody i mean it was that's what i'm saying the cat was a child in this yeah i mean it, w- it would have been no different if this was like a toddler that couldn't speak it would be the exact same thing truly yeah absolutely but it was a cat it was a cat <laughs> and i'm okay with that yeah <laughs> so finally speaking of things only a cat lover would understand let's go back to our own cats for a second what's one thing you've either bought for your cats or done for your cats that non-cat owners would think was bananas so i blame this partly on the pandemic because i needed something to get my kids and i out of the house but we bought a cat stroller and a cat leash <laughs> and <laughs> we have one cat that will tolerate the leash because he does like to go outside and explore. And one cat who will rip you to shreds if you try and put the leash on him. And the other one are girls. We have two boys and a girl. And the girl will, she does like the whole like just flopping over onto the floor. So you would have to drag her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we've tried all three of them in the stroller and none of them love it. <laughs> really? But whatever. It got us outside and walking around. It's a, And it's a stroller that you zip them in and it's covered in mesh so that they can see out. And they just howl and meow the whole time. We tried it with like two of them in there at once. The girl, Agnes, our girl cat, she's just scared of everything. So she would just probably like piss and shit herself if we tried to put her in there. Although if it's sitting in the house, because it was for a while, she'd curl up in it and take a nap. But try and zip her in and get her outside. It was like torture. It's not her idea then, you know? Yeah. No. Typical cat. No. She's like, I didn't ask for this. I was sleeping. Right. Right. (laughs) I didn't want fresh air or a walk. I just wanted to sleep, not being zipped in and trapped in here, you horrible witch. Right. (laughs) So when you bought this stroller, (laughs) you messaged all of us. And I was like, send me the link. And you did. And I bought it immediately. So because of you, I also bought a cat stroller. (laughs) And... I also used it. Again, this was during the pandemic. So it was like, I needed something to do with my children. So my female cat at the time she was still alive, no way she would, I I didn't even try with her. But my male cat, Ferris, who is still alive, he is, I don't know how to explain him. He's just a very lazy male cat. He's like a lion who just like would never hunt on his own, just send out his like pride of lionesses and they would bring him food and he would just sit there. I mean, he's just, he's a massive 20 pound black cat. And so we put him in the stroller and he freaking loved it oh my gosh and awesome so he loved it. i mean he would meow but we, we would zip it up but for the most part he's old too so he can't like do a lot and so he didn't jump out and so during the pandemic my kids we before we moved we lived within walking distance of their elementary school and during the pandemic they had a school lunch program like monday wednesday friday that if you went to the school they would give you a free lunch like it was basically like i think they needed to use up all the food that they bought for the cafeteria. You know what I'm saying? Right. So they were like giving away food. So one day, this was like last spring, like right, you know, when the pandemic happened, we put Ferris in the stroller and we pushed it to the school. (laughs) 
my my husband made fun of me so much because it's just like me and my two kids with our cat in a stroller. I mean, I probably looked freaking crazy. Okay, but whatever. It was the pandemic. And we show up to get the food. And they're like, what do you have in there? I think they thought it was like a baby. And this woman peers closer and she's like, what is that in there? Is that a panther? It was so funny. He's like this it's really and ferris is just looking you know with his big green eyes he's just like looking around like he doesn't care he wasn't trying to get out he wasn't scared it was so funny so yeah i bought that stroller because you and we still have it like we made sure that made the move because i mean know, the castro was important i mean it, it was seriously funny in my case you know we're walking around the neighborhood and all our neighbors know that i don't have young children and it's like my older children and i walking pushing the stroller and they're like what is in there and then they hear them meowing yeah they're like <laughs> You have a cat in there? And I'm like, I sure do. Right. I'm a crazy cat lady and I'm walking my cat. Don't judge me. What else am I going to do? They they deserve fresh air. <laughs> so instead of really recommending any particular books, I just wanted to ask a question. I already know my answer, but Megan, have you ever put a cat in any of your books that you've written? Yeah. So I wrote a book called Changing His Game, which is one of my sexier books. So in the book, let me first say when I was in middle school, just to prove my crazy cat lady status has gone way back for a science fair project. You know, the ones with like the trifold poster board and stuff that you put up in the cafeteria. I tested my cat to see if she was right pawed or left pawed. <laughs> that was my, <laughs> that, was, that was my science fair project. I'm dead she, what did you do? Have her practice her penmanship? Like, so, <laughs> so basically I played with my cat. And I counted which Paul she used. I had like several different studies because I had to be like scientific and shit. And so I had like several different toys and I would like literally count like there's nothing fancy. I just counted. And so my cat was right pulled. <laughs> and so in the and that kind of gave me the idea. So I have a scene in Changing His Game where the heroine Marley has a cat and she asks the cat questions and gets its opinion by whichever Paul it uses to bat a toy. It was semi-ridiculous. Like, I, I was like, I can't believe I'm writing the scene in like this super sexy book, you know, but I was like, I got to get my crazy cat lady, you know, stuff in there. So yeah, there's a scene in there where Marley literally has a conversation and gets dating advice from her cat based on which Paul it uses. And I have a book called My One and Only Cowboy because a lot of my romance that I write is cowboy romance. Some of it's not, some of it is, but in My One and Only Cowboy, the heroine Delaney adopts a three-legged cat named Butch Cassidy uh, after Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. <laughs> I love it. Because we had to still go Old West there with the cat name. I adore it. And the hero, Sam, has a dog. And so he's like, I'm a total dog you know, guy. I don't like cats or whatever. And of course, he like falls for this you know, three-legged cat as well. And so yeah, there's Butch Catsity in my book. No testing it for right pot or left pot or yes or no answers. Just the cat was just there for the love. I wish I had a picture of that that I could post on our Instagram. I will say when this episode comes out, Amy and I will post pictures of oh, our yeah. cats. So check our Instagram posts and stories, but we will definitely be posting lots of cats. cats. We'll go all crazy cat lady when this episode drops. Yeah, what are we all watching right now? So I am watching Coffee Prince. And I love it. Like, I love it so much. I'm kind of savoring it. Like, I'm really not rushing it. I'm towards the end. So I'm on episode 14, maybe. 
You have to finish because it's our next deep dive. Right. I will finish it and <laughs> I will finish it by next week, basically. But I am really enjoying it like a lot. And it was, you know, Amy and Leah did describe it properly. They did. It's just I heard it in my own way. And I was like, I'm not going to like that. And I kept thinking, I'm not going to like this. And I'm like, fine, I'll watch it for the deep dive. And I started watching it. And I was like, okay, Megan, you weren't paying attention. So it's what the plot actually was. And I just adore it. So I cannot wait to talk about it because there's definitely a lot to talk about. Yeah, I love that it's a fave for all three of us now, and we will definitely not have, I don't think, many dissenting opinions going on for Coffee Prince. And I just started, actually, I'm going old school a little bit with my drama watching right now, too. And I was thinking to myself, I I didn't know what to watch next. And I was trying like a first episode of a bunch of different dramas. And then I was thinking to myself, my gateway drama, all of our gateway dramas was Crash Landing on You. And I loved Hyun Bin so much. And I'm like, why have I not watched anything else with him yet? And so I am watching Secret Garden right now. And I also forgot that it's, you know, written by one of our faves, Kim Un Suk. And so, of course, I was sucked in from the very first episode. And it is so fun, but also so weird to see Captain Ree as this horrible, bratty no! little chable. Who, oh, but it, that's yeah. right. Like, he's... He's charming, but also right. a bit of a dick sometimes. But he's a dick because he doesn't know how to get the heroine's attention in the right way. And he does it in the wrong way. Like, it's very much, you know, like boys pulling girls' hair mm-hmm. when they're younger because they don't know what to say to say that I like you. Mm-hmm. And so he's trying just to get her attention, but it's in all these negative ways. And so I just finished episode four. So I'm starting episode five. And I'd also been reading that this is not just like a table. And so the the heroine, she is a stunt woman for, you know, television shows and movies and stuff. And she's, so she's a total badass and I love her, but it's the poor little rich boy and the poor girl, right? But also I read that this was a body swap drama. And I'm like, okay, there has been nothing thing to indicate that there's going to be any sort of fantasy going on. And then finally, at the end of episode four, you got this little inkling of a little bit of magic that's going to happen, which I'm excited for, but also the pacing of it is kind of weird. Right. That is weird. This regular old contemporary, like, you know, rich boy, poor girl drama went four episodes and now is going to all of a sudden start having some magic. So we'll see. I know it's a classic. I know a lot of people love it and I'm really enjoying it so far. So I'm excited to see how it holds up now that it's it's 11 years old now. So oh my, well, I'm excited to hear when it's done because I think that sounds interesting. And so I would consider watching it a- after Coffee Prince. I do want to watch something more i do need like a modern one although coffee prince to me seems way ahead of its time we need to do flower of evil next i'm just gonna assign it to you yeah <laughs> i know because we're doing a deep dive on flower of evil but you're I'm gonna love it so much like you're you are you are yeah and i'm so happy that you liked lawless lawyer oh i love Law- yeah i can't wait till we deep dive that one that's gonna be so much fun yeah i mean i'm lee june gi stan like for life for real yeah i love him oh he's wonderful all right Well, as we said, next week is Coffee Prince. Leah will be back. So the three of us will once again be reunited to talk about a drama that I'm sure we're all going to gush about. So if you haven't seen it, you got a week to do it. What are you waiting for? (laughs) Yeah, seriously. And honestly, you should get on that. At least start it. Thanks for listening to all of our cat talk. Yeah. Yeah, We will be cat free next week. We promise. (laughs) So thanks for listening, everybody. All right. Anyang. Kamsamnida. Thank you for listening to Afternoon Delight. Make sure to subscribe for more great K-Romance conversation. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Afternoon Delight Podcast for more information on our podcast, behind-the-scenes photos, and, of course, pics of our favorite opas and amis. Annyeong! Annyeong!